Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're in a series right now called Unseen, Awakening Real Faith with a message today that's calling all dreamers. We all have dreams. Some are known to us. Others are buried and forgotten. So where do they come from? What are we supposed to do with them? And are they from God? Pastor Sean will be teaching from the book of 2 Kings, but starting off with the book of Acts, this is Real Life Radio. In Acts chapter 2, you remember what happened in Acts chapter 2, right? Jesus told the disciples, wait, tarry in Jerusalem for the Spirit. I'm going to pour out my Spirit. They did. He did. Powerful manifestation. So much so that the people around them heard it. They were speaking in other tongues. Flames, what looked like flames of fire, settled on the different ones of the believers. People around were blown away. They heard the gospel, the good news being proclaimed in their own languages. They didn't know what to make of it. One guy even comments, what, are these people drunk? And then member of Simon Peter gets up and he shares a message with a bunch of people. He says, no, they're not. And then he tells them something. He says, this is what was promised by the prophet Joel. This is what we were told to wait for. And in Acts 2.17, he quotes from Joel chapter 2. He says, this thing you're seeing is going to happen to all believers. This is the Holy Spirit. And he says, and he quotes Acts 2.17, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters, so this isn't a gender thing. This isn't a race thing. This is a follower of Jesus thing. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They'll proclaim the word of God. Your young men will see vision. Your visions, your old men will dream dreams. This is something that is for every single person who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Because when we become followers of Jesus Christ, we accept Christ as our Savior. His Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. The scripture refers to our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes to dwell in us, and one of the things he does, he leads us, he guides us, he redeems us, he transforms us, forgives us of sin, gives us new life, leads us in a new path following him. But one of the things that that entails is him giving us dreams. That's supposed to be normal for the spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ. Life, dreams, and vision are a part of living in the spirit. And so my question to you this morning is, How are your dreams doing? Seriously, where are you on that continuum? We bring up the subject of dreams. You know, that vision for the future. That thing that you know could only come from God. How are you doing when it comes to your dreams? Are you excited, motivated, moving forward? Or are you skeptical, cynical, and hesitant to even bring up the subject? Because... I don't want to open the wound again. If you're taking notes, here's my main point, and I want you to remember this because it's true, and it's from the Word of God. It's very simply this. God wants to birth a dream in you. The question is, will you trust him enough to follow it? God wants to birth a dream in you. The question is, Will you trust him enough to follow it? See, this is why we're talking about this. This is why this is such a great example of faith. This is part of the faith journey. 
Because a dream is something that other people can't see. A dream is something that hasn't come to fruition yet. At the beginning, it's just between you and God. It is a step of faith. It is a journey of faith. Remember what we read in 1 Corinthians 2.9? What no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. That's what I'm talking about. He used the word a mystery. If you're afraid of the mysterious and the spiritual, this whole journey of faith is going to be um, very difficult for you. God wants to birth a dream in you. The question is, will you trust him enough to follow it? And, you know, I'm not, I want to distinguish real quickly here. There's all kinds of dreams, right? There's dreams that are all flesh, you know? In other words, you know, my dream I used to have of being king of the world, that dream, you know? I, I quickly grew out of that because that was so immature. Then I went to being a superhero, okay? Which, of course, we've all had that dream. I mean, who hasn't? Uh, you know, and, and the dreams that kind of have me in the center getting famous, wealthy, and having the whole world go, you're awesome! That, you know, those dreams. I'm not talking about those dreams. I'm talking about something deeper, something more connected with who you are because God created you and he created you with gifts, abilities, he knows you, and he designed you. I'm talking about faith-filled dreams. And so just this morning, I want to give you a few words of advice for faith-filled dreamers, if we have any in the room, which I hope we do. Number one, faith-filled dreams begin with a surrendered heart. That's where it starts out. Faith-filled dreams begin with a surrendered heart. I love this passage in the psalm, Psalm 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I hear a lot of people say, hey, just trust the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. That's a little bit of a trick verse. Did you guys catch it? The trick? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If I delight myself in the Lord, what's the desire of my heart? The Lord. And I want to say to you, the the, the simple truth is, God wants to really, he really does want to give you the desires of your heart, but first you have to trust him with your heart. First you have to trust him with your heart. I want to encourage you, just as a practice, and and, you know, don't pre-evaluate, don't prejudge your dreams, but pay close attention to them. Pay pay close attention to your dreams. It is very good to analyze. They are like a window to your soul. They're like a window to your soul because they reveal what's happening inside. I think it's a good, healthy thing for us to kind of unpack our dreams and say, okay, in those quiet moments when I think about the future and, you know, the daydreams, the kind of dream sessions with my spouse or with someone close to me or whatever it is, those dream things, what comes out? Because that's a good indication of what's in your heart. And I want to challenge you, the idea of surrendering it to the Lord, don't just put it all on the table, all of it. And you might look at some of it, because I I believe the whole surrender process, you put it all on the table, and then you go, here, Lord, what do you think? And you you let him then order it the way he wants. And you're like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing, because I really have come to believe, as I brought that before the Lord, he doesn't want me to be a superhero. Dang. Because the Wolverine thing would be so cool, you know. What? You're just lucky I have my shirt on. (laughs) You wondered if I'd go there. Oh, yeah, I'll go there. But, yeah, you quickly realize, okay, the whole superhero dream, that's probably not going to happen, Lord. That's not really kind of what you, you didn't, you know, give me superpowers. That should have been my first clue, okay? But the surrender part is putting it all, all there. And then saying, Lord, what do you think? And let him speak. Let him, let him 
kind of begin to work in your heart and reorder, rearrange, do what he wants to do. Because the question becomes, are my dreams from God? And that's so critical. Listen, here's a principle you can take to the bank. Self-focused dreams always become self-consuming. Let me say that again. Self-focused dreams always become self-consuming. No exceptions. Here's why. Because self-focused dreams, those ones that are all about me, me you know, being elevated, me being famous, me being rich, me being recognized, whatever, whatever it may be, me, me, me. Okay? At the end of the day, they are out of alignment with how our hearts and how our lives were created. We were created to find connection, fulfillment, and ultimate joy and life in our creator. Self-focused dreams move me away from my creator and make it about me. And they always become self-consuming. I mean, some of the saddest people in the world are people who have fulfilled their dreams only to discover they're empty. They're empty and they're meaningless. Have you ever known someone like that? They've achieved the dreams of wealth, fame, success, top of their field, whatever it is, but yet there is something in it that is broken. Something in it that is empty and it's missing. Self-focused dreams will always be self-consuming. Whereas God wants to give you dreams and visions that are in alignment with how you're wired, with how you're gifted, how he made you, that really lead to real joy, real fulfillment, real impact. So the first thing as I surrender my heart is, are these dreams from God? And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series on faith called Unseen. And if you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the message, Calling All Dreamers. This is Real Life Radio. I had dinner last week with a group of gentlemen and some of them were involved in a they just were business owners different businessmen and the guy I was sitting right next to him was having some really cool conversation with he and some others had dedicated their businesses and they were in a group together dedicated their businesses to the kingdom of god now they were regular businessmen i mean one i think was manufacturing one guy had a like a construction supply company and you know so there's there's just a number of different business guys in this group, but they've made the decision that their business is about the kingdom of God. Because he, what he said to me, he said, I was successful in business, but it wasn't enough. It was fine. It wasn't bad. 
working hard, taking care of my family was great, and I loved that. But, but there was something more. I wanted to be about something significant. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be about something eternal. And so they, they declared their businesses are now leveraged for the kingdom of God. And they two-pronged attack, if you will. The first was, we're going to utilize our business as a vehicle to try to influence as many people as possible for the kingdom of God. Try to help the discipleship process of as many people as we possibly can. Come to know Christ, grow in Christ, experience Christ, the joy of the gospel. And so they, their target was employees, customers, vendors, just the people they do business with, and just try to reflect Jesus, try to encourage God's work, pray for them, kind of for employees, they had programs for those who wanted to participate to help them grow. I mean, just it's about the kingdom. And the second way they wanted to use their businesses to make a kingdom difference was with resources. They wanted to make as much money as they could through honest, honorable means, and then live as lean as they could to make as much available as possible for kingdom resources, what God's doing around the world, what God's doing in their communities, and just make those resources available. I'm telling you, I'm listening to this guy talk. I'm starting to get goosebumps. I'm like, dude, I want to have church at this dinner. Because I'm like, this guy, God's got his heart. And, And that guy is as much a minister as I am. He's as much a missionary as any missionary that we support through this fellowship. Because, And all he's done is said, this is what I've got, God, I've got a business, so it's yours. That's what the surrendered heart looks like. And it may, you may, he may not ask you to leave your job. You're, the dream that, that he has for you might be with the job you have, with the business you have, or maybe it's not, I don't know. But the first thing is surrendered heart. Here's all, here's all of it, God, put it on the table. Nothing's off limits to you, God. What do you want to do? And for this guy, it was like, no, I've got you where I want you. Now I want you to take it for a spin. I want to do something eternal, do something significant through this. It was powerful. I'm telling you, preacher was getting challenged the other night at a dinner with businessmen. It was awesome. God wants to birth a dream in you. The question is, will you trust him enough to follow it? That's the question. A second bit of advice is faith-filled dreamers are always intended to yield real fruit. Okay? Because when we say dreamers, sometimes people go, oh, that's nice. What, what do you do? You produce dreams. Okay, good. You know, like my friend's dad, I think I shared a few weeks back, he said, you can't eat it. You can't eat it. It's not real, Okay? Faith-filled dreams are always intended to yield real fruit. That means visible, tangible, and lasting. I love John 15, Jesus' talk that he gives his disciples there. Beginning at verse 7, he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. That passage is so powerful. I think we sometimes almost dismiss it because it's like there's too much there. You know, as a pastor, I've been like, okay, it's too prone to abuse. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. It begins with that huge promise. Abide in me, my words abide in me, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. And, you know, we just, we step back from that because we think of people abusing that. Oh, okay, Lord, ask whatever I wish, it'll be done. I want a new Lexus because then I will glorify you because I'll look awesome in it. I want to live in the dominion, God, because then everyone will know there's a God, you know. And we're worried about that kind of thing. Again, this is one of those trick verses. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. 
Ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Let me just tell you, abiding in Jesus and his word abiding in you changes what you ask for. And that's a really good thing. Because left to our own devices, we will ask for some goofy things. But when we abide in him and his word abides in us, it changes our heart. And it causes us to have a different kind of catch his vision, his the glimpse of what he wants. And look what Jesus goes on to say. By this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He doesn't want you to be barren, okay? Write it down, take it to the bank. God doesn't want you to be barren. He wants you to be fruitful. And then he says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. And that's where I want to kind of just pause here. This real fruit always involves doing something. Always involves doing something. We're not talking daydreams here. And that's one thing I think people are resistant to. They're resistant to the idea of dreaming. Dreams is because, well, dreamers are people who don't do anything. Yeah, that's not true. We're we're, we're talking real fruit. God-initiated dreams always bear real fruit because they require action or obedience. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. See, the difference between dreamers who achieve and those who don't is the dreamers who achieve wake up and do something about it. They always do something. And let me just tell you, when God gives you a dream, he will give you steps of obedience. That's why Jesus says, you want to remain in my love, obey my commands. He's not saying you're earning the love. He's saying it keeps you close. As we are walking with him, it's relational. He doesn't leave us. They go on and do it and come, let me know how it's going. He walks with us, remaining in his love. But I'm telling you, he gives you a vision or a dream. His intention is that it would bear fruit, but it always involves steps of obedience. And as we want to follow him and see that dream come to fruition, we want to take steps of obedience. Some of you may be here this morning, and you're discouraged over a dream, disillusion maybe, but if you're honest, you, take back and, you would look back and say, well, God gave me some steps of obedience, and I didn't take them. They always involve steps of obedience. What's God asked you to do? It always bears good, lasting fruit. I alluded a few moments ago to sometimes when we have other kind of dreams, dreams that are about the fluff, fame, glory for me, wealth, whatever, and that is it's fluff. Because we've seen people who've achieved those dreams, and it almost is like, well, wait a minute, you got all this good stuff going on, but it's like the pain. I've known a lot of wealthy people. I grew up around a lot of wealthy people. And I saw so many of them where it's like, you've got everything in the world. Many of them were famous. And it's like, you've got everything everybody says they want, but your life is miserable. You can't maintain a relationship. You can't maintain your family. Your family's a wreck. It's like, it was cursed. Let me tell you, those dreams, just anything that comes from the flesh, anything that we produce in the flesh, is ultimately going to be, unless it is surrendered to the Lord, it's going to be touched by the curse of sin. The dreams that God gives and the steps of obedience that he leads in always produce lasting fruit free from the curse. And that's powerful. God wants to birth a dream in you. The question is, will you trust him enough to follow it? And last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Faith-filled dreams are secure in God's hands. Faith-filled dreams are always secure in God's hands. He can be trusted with your dreams. And that's significant because in a room this size, there has got to be a good number of people who've experienced the death of a dream. You had a dream, you went for it, and things didn't work out, or you tried and it didn't happen, and you experienced death in that dream. The Shunammite woman, her son, we're told as we read on in 2 Kings 4, is out with his father working one day, 
and he collapses and he dies. And she goes and she finds the prophet. Beginning at verse 25, when he, the prophet, saw her in a distance, the man of God said to his servant, Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run, meet her and ask her, are you all right? Your husband, your child? He gets there and here's what she says. Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God of the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and hasn't told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? The pain comes out. I thought everything was all right. She said, well, everything's all right. Why did she do that? You ever notice there's a difference sometimes between what we know and what we feel? I may go through disappointment as a, as a person of faith. I might, in my head, go, okay, I know it's all right. God's going to take care of me. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It doesn't mean that that confidence has reached my heart. <laughs> That's what we see here. We see this divide between what she knows, she trusts the Lord, but what she feels. I told you not to get my hopes up. I told you. How could you let this happen? I mean, there's this anguish. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt the death of a dream? experienced it so they send the servant ahead to try something it doesn't work elisha and the woman come after when elisha reached the house there was the boy lying dead on his couch he elisha went in he shut the door on the two of them and he prayed to the lord then he got on the bed and lay on the boy mouth to mouth eyes to eyes hands to hand he stretched out on him and the boy's body grew warm Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times, and he opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. You see, she would tell us, If your dream seems dead, You can put it in God's hands. Anything we put in God's hands is safe. He'll either resurrect it or he'll replace it with something better. And I I just want to talk to those of you who have experienced the death of a dream. Put it in God's hands. Put it on that table with everything else. Say, God, did I miss you? And if you did, that's okay. That's part of the process. You're back with him. Just know it is his desire to give you a dream. But maybe he just wants you to keep moving ahead. In fact, it is a common experience, that a dream, that we would go and that we would experience that time of wilderness, that time of testing, before we would see what we would metaphorically call the promised land. Trust him with your dreams. They're in good hands. The truth is, God wants to birth a dream in you. And the question is, will you trust him enough to follow it? Musicians, will you guys come on? I just want to ask you, you know, because practically you're like, okay, what do I do with this? What you do with this is you do exactly what we talked about earlier. You, you spend some time, you get away, quiet, and you put everything, all your dreams, all your ambitions, all of it on the table. You put it all before the Lord, and you say, Lord, what do you want to do? What is it that you want to do, God? You let him rearrange. You let him prioritize. You let him have his way. You then look for those steps of obedience that he wants you to take because that's where the real fruit's going to come from at least in my experience he never kind of just zapped and said poof here it is he asked me to take steps of obedience and so you look for those steps of obedience you take because that's where the real fruit the visible tangible fruit 
And then last, you make a regular habit as you walk along the way of putting it in his hands again, saying, Lord, how's it going? How are we doing? Because I'll tell you, God has fulfilled some very cool dreams in my life, but they've never looked exactly like they did when I envisioned them. The, the dream, the vision, was a partial glimpse. It was my best interpretation of what the Lord was saying. And so you always invite him to speak, to move. Expect him to do more than you've imagined. What's cool is all of us here in this room, this is part of the vision, part of the dream that God gave me. And what I've come to discover looks in many ways different from what I had anticipated. Do you know what's also true? He's not done. He's not done with us. It's going to look even more different five years from now. You know, whenever I thought about this community of believers that never had a huge amphitheater right outside the front door, I just let you know that, okay? That's between you and me, all right? But do you know God has a purpose for that? God has a purpose for this place. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your community groups. He has a purpose for your family. His vision is always way bigger than ours. Will you, just you and God, invite him to fill you, invite him to give you that dream that comes from him? Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Unseen, Awakening Real Faith. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can find the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Real Life.